Welcome to Hip Hop Movie Club, where three old heads put their old heads together to vibe on some of the most memorable or forgettable hip hop themed movies of all time. And here's HHMC with your HHMCs, Boogie, JB, and Dino Wright. Season 3, Episode 5, ATL. Written by Antoine Fisher, directed by Chris Robinson, and produced by Dallas Austin, T-Boz Watkins, James Lasseter, Jody Gerson, and Will Smith. Released in 2006, and featuring T.I., Lauren London, Evan Ross, Jackie Long, Big Boy, McKelty Williamson, Keith David, Jason Weaver, Albert Daniels, and Tasha Smith. We'll answer the question, could four young friends skate their way around obstacles as they plan for their future after high school? ATL, Rashad is faced with the daunting task of keeping his younger brother, Ant, on the straight and narrow, while also figuring out his own future. It's a coming-of-age comedic drama depicting a crew of roller-skating loving friends with the near-term goal of just being cool and graduating high school and the rest of their lives on the horizon. So, Boogie, you want to kick us off? Um, what did you what did you like about ATL? What was your overall perspective on, on it? Yeah, I, I think the one thing that I always loved about ATL, and I, I mean, I've watched this movie, I don't know how many times, I actually own the DVD, but... I've watched it a lot of times, but it's it's the skating aspect of it. I'm I love skating. I, I don't skate well anymore. But there was a period in time where I used to go roller skating like every couple of weeks at least. So just seeing these guys, you know, what they're able to do on the roller skates, it always fascinates me. So I, I like that aspect of it. And it also, well, at the time you didn't really see too many movies about the South and the Southern culture. So that's always good to see different perspectives other than, you know, typical New York um, perspective and also uh, West Coast perspectives with uh, South Central Los Angeles. So it was good to see the Southern culture up front. And I love the music. The soundtrack is amazing. I love the music because, you know, you want to bounce to it. You want to dance to it. It makes you feel good. I think the chemistry with the cast was also pretty good, too. So that's, you know, one of the aspects of it that I liked as well. I think it was. It had some good humor. It's a coming of age story, like those kind of movies. Always, I had a soft spot for them. <laughs> uh, just from from growing up, I always like to see you know movies that show you know how people can try to overcome obstacles that are put in front of them, and even if it doesn't always work out. I mean, in this case, they didn't get their main goal of becoming a skate champions, but they did all solidify their their bond with one another, and that's always good to see. Yeah, I, I really liked the film, too. It was believable, believable story. The, the characters were likable. I mean, T.I. and Big Boy being known just as rappers or hip-hop artists, like, they're really good actors. They did a great job. Um, I liked a lot of the dialogue, and you got to know some of the characters pretty well. It was funny to see the perspective of the one one of the one of Rashad's friends was named Brooklyn, and they said he always reminded you that he was from New York. And there was one sequence that was funny when they were, I think it was at the diner, where they're talking about the different lingo that they have. And Brooklyn was like, "Why after every sentence you call me Shorty? Yo, Shorty, Shorty." He's like, "I'm taller than you." 
thought that was funny. Yeah. And then uh, Rashad retorted with, okay, well, let me ask you this. And in New York City, why are y'all going to say, yo, son, after every sentence? Like, I'm not your kid. I'm not your child. Why do I got to be your son? <laughs> so it was funny. Mm-hmm. These little nuances in the in the lingo. Yeah. Make valid points. Yeah. It's true. Dino right. Anything uh, overall reaction? So I enjoyed this movie, too. Especially, it's very much like a black Saturday Night Fever. Instead of instead of disco dancing, it's it's roller skating, or you're, at least in in the hip hop world, you're trading break dancing for roller skating. So um, it was also nice. You, you pointed out, Boogie, that you know, we finally see a movie in the South. We've, we've done a lot of movies on either side of the country, and so now we're in the dirty South, right on, and. I, I yeah. read that this was based on a lot of T-Boz from TLC's uh, growing up, and I thought that was interesting that the main character was actually T.I. and not a woman rapper. I really enjoyed T.I. Uh, I first saw him in a very short-lived drama series with Kelsey Grammer called Boss. Have you guys seen this? I, I didn't see that. So he plays. So Kelsey Grammer plays the mayor of Chicago. It's really like overcooked. <laughs> it was like kind of fun to watch and he plays uh, like a ward captain or something he was really good i thought wow he's a really good actor and then you know I, this came out in like 2011 or something and i saw it maybe like in 2013 or 14 on netflix but yeah tip harris is a great actor yeah he is i don't even like him better as an actor than a rapper and i like his music <laughs> he's that talented <laughs> Yeah, I know we normally talk about the music at the end, but Boogie, you brought it up. I really love the soundtrack. This may be the my most favorite soundtrack of any of the movies that we've discussed so far. I'm I'm a fan of Ludacris. He always gets me moving. There's a couple Ludacris tracks on there. You get Outcast because you know Big Boy's in there. Absolutely. I saw that Isaac Hayes the third wrote and performed a lot of the the music as well yeah so yeah, there was a, there's a lot of good stuff in there yeah man slim got slim thug in there mm-hmm. purple ribbon all-stars yeah it's, it's, it's a good soundtrack i mean it's it's good i definitely i definitely enjoy the soundtrack and i think at the time when this movie came out too i was listening to a lot of ti I had a lot of his, his I have a, I was going through I actually found a little small um CD book. I think it was over the weekend. And, I, and it was a bunch of his CDs were in there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like mm-hmm. his um I think the favorite ones were King and, and um oh goodness, the other one. I can't think of the one that came right after that. Paper um, Paper Trail. Paper Trail. Paper. Yeah. Great those album two, cover, by the way. One of my those, favorites. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those two albums I listened to a lot. <laughs> so when this movie came out, I was really riding with Ti, you know. So you know, it was, it was good though. And come to find out that he, was, like you said, he actually is a good actor. <laughs> He's terrific. I really, I really enjoyed his character. I think I really, he's really believable and likable. And you know, he really had the moral center of, this, of the whole crew. And it'd be hard to pull off. He was really believable as this guy trying to hold it together. Yeah, yeah, he was convincing for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very convincing. 
Yeah, let's talk about the crew itself. So Rashad was the main character played by T.I. And he had to look after his younger brother, Ant, and try to keep him out of trouble. Their parents had died in an accident and they were living with their Uncle George. But Uncle George really didn't seem to have a handle on things. He was kind of figure out life for himself a little bit. Right. So he was preoccupied with with his own issues uh so ti was pretty much the man of the house and then they had the friends teddy teddy was the guy that was always repeating grades in school he was about 21 years old when they were about to graduate <laughs> he was running the he was a grill place working on grills yeah <laughs> yeah grills for your mouth <laughs> whereas brooklyn was working fast food trying trying to get a job there he was throwing and- that pizza place Pizza place, he ended up getting yeah. fired from that. Yep. And then Esquire. Yeah, Esquire, right? So Esquire was the guy with Ivy League ambitions, and he would hang out at the country club <laughs> with the real uppity folks, and he would hustle them on the golf course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he actually went to the private he went to the private school too because he used the country club's address. Yeah. Which is really <laughs> weird. Like if they didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah, you think they'd be able to figure that out. The country club address? That's really obvious. You yeah. might want to use an address by the country club, but not the actual country club. Mm-hmm. But either way, like you said, he had Ivy League ambitions and he was he was making his way. He was he was rubbing elbows and trying to make it happen. Yeah, I liked his character. He was very um ambitious like we said and he studied up you could tell he's talking to the ceo garnett yeah mr mr garnett john, john garnett yeah. yeah john garnett and he was re-quoting him so you said yeah. this in one article you said this and whoa you had six consecutive uh quarters in the black yeah, you know profitable yeah. quarters <laughs> it was almost like John Garnett was like, oh, oh, yeah, to six consecutive quarters, you know. So <laughs> he, he was really, really did his homework, which was yeah. nice. And impressive because he was in high school able to do this too. Yeah. Yeah, I had no kind of game like this in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't do that now. You <laughs> <laughs> should mention Keith David, who played John Garrett. Oh, I love Keith like, David. Been like a zillion things, so many things that like I can't really pinpoint where I really know him from because he's been in like everything. Yeah, yeah, I, I love Keith David. I've been following him for years. I think most most recently, I see, I hear his voice on Rick and Morty as the yep. president. <laughs> he's the president of Rick and Morty. <laughs> but I love Keith. Yeah. I love this guy. I mean, I love him for real. He's he's an amazing actor. He's got a great voiceover appeal, but uh, he's got a sense of humor as well too. I follow. He, he posts some pretty witty stuff every now and then. And there were some fine females in this, right? Lauren London, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> played Nunu. She's a knockout, and uh, yeah. the twins too, Beta and Star. The, they're twins in real life. Yeah, very attractive girls. And I was looking up Lauren London because I didn't really know much about her, and she. Had a long relationship with Little Wayne, and she has a child with Little Wayne, mm-hmm. and she has a child with the late Nipsey Hussle as well. Whose yeah. birthday was yeah. yesterday, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were in a relationship up to recording. his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sad. Yeah, I've been following Lauren London for decades. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like she, she was, she, she was a model. She was a model. Yeah. So I got a bunch of well. At my mom's house, I used to get magazines, and she'd be on the cover of a bunch of them as a model. 
And uh, so I have a bunch of those. So I was pretty familiar with her, like for like I said, for decades. Like I'm talking like into like the late nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> yeah, she was one of the prominent hip hop models and she was in some P. Diddy videos, or maybe back when he was Puffy or Puff Daddy <laughs> in, in some other you know prominent roles there. Yeah. I was trying to find like I haven't seen much from the, the, the twins. And anything else though, but they were they were they were hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hilarious. They got in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> and Tasha Smith, the mother. Oh my God, she's a gem. <laughs> she's a she's a Jersey girl too. Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, she's from Camden. Right on. And she has a tw- she and she in real life she actually has a twin sister, identical twin sister oh, in real life. How funny is that? <laughs> funny. Yeah, she's from Camden. That's my part. Of yeah. Time. So in the movie, they were um, the twins had a propensity for shoplifting, <laughs> and then uh, you know the mother would catch them with Gucci bags or something like that, and she's like, "Wait a second, that doesn't make. How do you get that?" <laughs> mm-hmm. But you know the thing about it though is that they weren't even shoplifting. Nunu was buying the stuff for them, <laughs> and their mother thought they were shoplifting because they probably had done it in the past. Yeah. But all that, yeah. that that name brand stuff that they were wearing. Was all gifts from Nunu. <laughs> they were her best friends, and she had the money. So when they went shopping, Nunu took care of them. <laughs> yeah, so that was the big plot twist for me, and probably for you guys when you first watch it. That you know, Nunu and uh, Rashad, played by Ti, begin a relationship. They hook up at Big Booty Judy's party. <laughs> Big Booty Judy, <laughs> but in a body. But then it's revealed as Esquire becomes friendly with uh, John Garnett and he gets invited to the house because he does well in the golf tournament and, you know, saves their hide and whatnot. And he's like, let me introduce you to my daughter, Erin. And it turns out that's Nunu. So there's interesting dynamics in terms of, you know, folks trying to, to hide their their true identity or their upbringing because she doesn't want to see be seen as the really wealthy one uppity. She wants, she wants to be with the, the crew. What, yeah. you know, sort of like uh, Prince Hakeem in uh, yeah. America. Exactly. <laughs> I want to see very poor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And on the other side of it, well, same thing with Esquire. So Esquire actually lives right near Rashad, and he had lied to Mr. Garnett, John Garnett. He had asked him for a letter rec- recommendation for for college for Brinton, which was the Ivy League school. I got to think maybe that's Princeton, right? <laughs> maybe I was thinking that's... about that. Where's yeah, the... Brinton. You know, same thing. And so that uh, that's all revealed. Is like, you were lying to me and and whatnot. So there's a lot of little little twists here and there at the end. But it all turned out good in the end. Well, there was the one dramatic moment. However, Aunt, you know, the big thing, Aunt, unfortunately, gets caught up in the bad crowd and trying to earn money in, in the drug dealer that was Marcus, played by Big Boy. Yeah. And, and Big Boy told him, you know, this is grown man business right here. You know, once you're in it, they don't want to tear any excuses. They want their money when they want it. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, big boy uh, Marcus went after him to collect. 
and Evan because he's he was out there trying to do it by himself, wasn't familiar with the game, didn't know the territory or anything like that, got robbed. <laughs> he, he actually had, he had another previous encounter where he was trying to sell in school and there was a particular kid that he kept trying to avoid because there was a rumor that he was work he was cooperating with the police, but because his head got big, he slipped up and this kid actually was cooperating with the police. And what happened? Yeah. And ended up going to jail. Well, getting arrested and going to jail until Marcus bailed him out, which of course now you gotta pay Marcus back for bailing you out. Mm-hmm. And you have to pay him back for the 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 drugs that were confiscated. <laughs> and now, you know, you're you're trying to work extra hard to pay him back for that. Then you get robbed <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. It's it's a it's a slippery slope. <laughs> very stressful. It's a slippery slope. Yeah, very stressful. You know, that that that's that's that lifestyle that you really you know you, you want to avoid it. <laughs> you know. And how. Yep. So that's the big climax scene is actually Rashad and crew have been training, practicing for the big skate wars event. And after breaking up with Nunu and he was blaming the folks because they knew the whole backstory and everything. And he's like, now nah, I'm, I'm done guys. You guys go ahead. He kind of has a change of heart and he's going, but he gets a call from Marcus looking for Ant and his money. And he said, I better go that way. And he ends up, getting there in the nick of time and fighting with Marcus to try to save Ant. But then Marcus does sh- end up shooting at them. And then it, the screen goes dark and you don't really know, know who who gets shot there. And uh, Ant does get shot. Um, thankfully, you know, he recovered in the hospital. But, yeah, that was powerful at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, had a revelation um, and a change of heart because he seen what it was like and realized that he didn't want any parts of it, which is what Rashad was trying to tell him in the beginning. Like, hey, you don't want to be bothered with that. You really need to focus on staying in school. We work hard and I save up this money because this money is to make you make your life better. You don't need to be out there living that kind of lifestyle because that's not who you are. But Ann didn't really want to listen. And yeah. unfortunately, he, yeah, he did get shot. But fortunately, that was enough to convince him to to turn his, his, himself around. And I know like at the, in the end, and you see him sitting in a classroom with the air conditioner on. <laughs> yeah. And I know there was a point mentioned earlier that they're asking the teacher to turn the air conditioner on. And she said, you know, the air conditioner is for the honors, honors students in the honors class. But now you see Ant sitting in an air conditioning class. So you're like... Good job. Good job. He made it. Yep. Yeah. It was a good story overall. Thankfully, you know, Ant did survive. And I like that they actually had a like epilogue, like a where are they now? Like what happened? And we kind of hinted at it earlier on. But, you know, Teddy finally graduated at age 21. <laughs> <laughs> he opened up a, his own shop. What was it called? Gangster Grills or something like that? Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And Brooklyn did land a steady job. He was a manager at a restaurant or a fast food place. But he was a manager. Yeah. And Brenton did get it. I mean, not Brenton. Uh, <laughs> Esquire, Esquire got into that Brent, Brenton school, the Ivy League school. Yeah. And you see it said he received a mystery letter of recommendation because what had happened was Esquire returned the letter that he 
backed him. He's like, I don't think I deserve this. You know, I'm going to do it on my own. As you said, Ant did turn himself around and got himself to be a good student again, honors student. And of course, Rashad followed his dream. He was always a great artist in the sketchbooks. And he had mentioned wanting to be the one to draw comics in, in, the, in the cart in the newspaper. I think him, his father used to always give him the Sunday comics and he always said, one day I want to, I want to be the one that draws them. And at the end you see that he actually has a, a byline there and drawing cartoons, which is awesome. Yeah. Happy ending. Yeah. Happy ending. Yeah. So There's one other quote from Esquire that I really liked. If you guys picked up about that, when he had that discussion with, oh, yeah. with John Garnett and he was, because John Garnett himself was from, Mechanicsville or yeah, Mechanicsville, yeah, the, the small town, mm -hmm. but he was kind of hiding that. So uh, I had written down the quote and Esquire said to him, I hear you say that being a CEO didn't make you a proud man. Being a proud man made you a CEO. So, and he was saying something further about, you know, with or without, with or without the letter, I'm going to make it. And I will always remember, you know, Mechanicsville where I came from, you know, and I was, I hope that you will also, that was powerful. Yeah, Good. those bad. Those words spoke to me. I, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. Yeah, that's out of the struggle you gain strength. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and don't forget your roots. Don't forget. Yeah. And one other thing in the epilogue too is New News parents wanted her to go to Brinton Ivy League, and she was really had her heart set on Spelman, which is the actual all girls school historically black school in the Atlanta area, she had a heart set on, on Spelman and it says she did convince her parents that that was the right fit for her. So she ended up going there and that was nice for uh, her relationship with Rashad because she, she was close to home. Right. Yeah. Stay local. Yeah. Yeah. One of those good, those moves where everything kind of works out, works itself out. Yeah. Yeah. So Dino Wright, did you pick up on uh, your your namesake <laughs> for the TV show? Um, wait, wait, which part was that? The, um, the, so there was a part towards the end where Rashad was talking about the situation with George, Uncle George, mm -hmm. and he said, "We don't really talk about problems; we just watch good times." Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> how could I forget? <laughs> And and they they show them watching. Well, they they show them watching good times at the yeah, end. Yeah, watching good times. Yep. Yeah, eating, sharing a bag of chips or something, right? Yeah, and, and Jimmy like Walker was saying something prophetic on there. Yeah, I forget the line. That was, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> and for those listeners that don't know, Dino Wright uh, was a big fan of Good Times, and his name is based on JJ Walker, or Jimmy Walker saying Dino Mike. <laughs> yes, very, uh, based on his catchphrase. Famous catchphrase. Yeah. Yes. That was good. JJ Evans' famous catchphrase. <laughs> Pretty sure I had a T-shirt with that, with with his face, with that expression as well back in the day. Yeah, with a with a bubble, comic yeah. bubble. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that. So. <laughs> yeah. So there was some other um, tidbits about some of the actors and actresses. Did you realize? Uncle George, what what his most famous role was? Oh yeah, you want, Bubba. You want to... Bubba. Yep, Bubba, <laughs> Bubba from Forrest Gump. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, but he he was in a ton of things, and 
you know, I did some more research on it. And when we were talking about breaking with breaking two with, with Shabadoo mm-hmm. and, uh, and how he started with the original lockers, it said that McKelty Williamson played uncle George was an alternate member of the lockers along wow. with Fre- Fred Berry from, from what's happening and Tony Basil and Shabadoo. Wow. Nice. An alternate dancer. Yeah. He was a really, really good dancer. Very nice. All these people are multi talented. Yeah. yeah. Evan Ross is the son of Diana Ross. Absolutely. Oh, I didn't I realize that, that at first. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. And he's married to Ashley Simpson. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I did read that. Yes. Yeah. And then um, Monica. The famous R and B singer Monica had a short role, small role as the Waffle House waitress. She's from ATL. Yeah, multicolored hair. <laughs> <laughs> they really got a bunch of Atlanta rappers and such in, in this movie. Oh yeah, Big Gip and Bone Crusher. Big Bone Crusher was in um, Marcus's crew at the Trap yeah. House. Big Gip was one of Teddy's customers getting grills done. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw that Killer Mike was credited, and Dinah Wright, you just saw him playing I, with Run the, Run the Jewels. I just saw him with Run the Jewels, and when I watched the movie, I didn't realize he was in it. I, I tried to go back to find him, yeah. exactly find him, but yes, he does have a cameo in this as well. Yeah, Jazzy Faye was was the DJ at the at Cascades. No, I was reading the original title. Of the movie was was going to be Jelly Bean. And if, in the very beginning, uh, Rashad said that's his nickname for Ant. Yeah. Um, they were going to call it Jelly Bean. Was also was the name of the skating rink in Southwest Atlanta back in the '80s. So they said there were some copyright issues with using the name Jelly Bean. ATL makes more sense actually, since it tells you the locale. Yeah. There's a couple things that I questioned about the film a little bit, and I wanted to kind of run that past you guys. I was wondering, like. Why the guidance counselor didn't write the recommendation for Esquire? I mean, so I'm going through that right now with my son. You know, he's literally applying for colleges. He's been doing it the past week or so. And you ask the guidance counselor, and they maybe they have no qualms about it. I mean, I understand if the guidance counselor is like, yeah, well, you should also get someone from the community or, or someone like that. But I was like, why would you turn them down? That didn't make sense to me. Yeah. 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 That that part always. Yeah, that part I didn't quite understand either because as a guidance counselor, he could have wrote him an academic an academic recommendation and and like and then go and say, yeah, furthermore, mm-hmm. you know, it probably carry more weight if you could get a recommendation from someone in the community, like with some kind of, you know, prestige or something behind them. But yeah, I, absolutely. I, I definitely thought that they, the guidance counselor should have at least wrote him an initial one and said, hey, if you want more weight to carry, you know, with your application Maybe get another one. Because <laughs> that quote about it's not what you know, it's who you know, it came up from him. It also came up later at the end with John Garnett said the same thing. Yeah. Unless maybe, you know, now that we're talking through this a little bit more and we, you know, we talked about him fabricating his address, maybe the guidance counselor knew something was up and he didn't want to be implicated in something Could fraudulent. I don't know. It's, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe that's how they do it at a school, at that school. <laughs> I'm yeah. not sure. Yeah. I mean, I was I was also questioning the whole like roller skating aspect because like for me, and this might be a bias, like 
I would just equate roller skating with the eighties. And I think this was supposed to be set in the current time that it was filmed, like 2006, yeah. Yeah, I guess. So. so I was like thinking to myself was, was roller skating really popular there at that time? And I mean, I do, like I said, I was reading about the one rink, I guess so. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Roller skating, it kind of diminished as far as, facilities where you can actually roller skate but the popularity for it never really went away because like i said i used to go all the time up until i think maybe early teens and that's because the roller skating rink where we used to go was called twin city it sat right on the north elizabeth border they shut it down and i don't know why but they turned it into like a shopping center but it was a huge roller skating rink but most recently, there's one in Newark and Branchbrook Park, and they have like different theme nights and things like that. So it's really popular. And I know that out in the Midwest and the South, especially, it's extremely popular. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. It was funny. I was re- I was wondering to myself, like, how skilled were these actors and actresses at skating? And the, the twins had never skated before, I think, before the film. So they they really put in a lot of time practicing. And T.I. was a novice as well. And he was determined to uh, to become adept at skating. I think I read they practiced to train for five hours a day at some point. So wow. Yeah. Show it. I mean, it, the, those roller skating scenes were just sumptuous. I mean, I, that was probably my favorite part of the movie. Uh, really the same thing with Saturday Night Fever if you've seen it like the, the dance scenes are actually my favorite part of the movie yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot of skill and I'm a very crafty roller skater and roller skater so I really appreciate like oh they're really good at this yeah I like how everyone had their crews and you know the crews all kind of you know did their routines and things together too that aspect I'm not really sure about but I know that Skating in general is is huge, but um, yeah, I I can't skate now though, and I'm, I'm probably more scared of it than anything. And I probably, if I wasn't so scared of falling, <laughs> I probably would be really, you know, able to get it back. But yeah, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good with watching. Yeah, that's one thing they talked about the different crews briefly. There was the preppies, D boys. There was a, a female crew. But I didn't really know much more about them. They were just kind of mentioned that they were kind of there in the passing. We didn't really see that fully develop, which which is okay, I guess, because they didn't really get to the point where they had the skate wars because of the shooting and everything. Right. But I was kind of like, I was kind of like interested in learning, seeing them a little bit more about the personality of these different crews. Like we see when we see the breakdance battles and whatnot. Right. One of the interesting thing that I picked up on was Marcus, the drug dealer played by Big Boy, mm-hmm. and he had the pit bulls in the kennel. And you see that in some of that culture. And I was thinking the big scandal with Michael Vick was, I was looking that back up as what year did that occur? So this movie was released in 2006. Michael Vick was convicted in July of 2007 of running that dog fighting ring. So I was like, wow, that was interesting because they, they're in ATL, so he was on the Atlanta Falcons at the time and everything like that. I'm like, wow, that was like almost prophetic. Interesting, you know, just an interesting tidbit. Yeah. In, in real life, I think that those actual pit bulls in that movie were probably big boys pit bulls. I know he has a kennel that he had. I don't know if he still does, but I know 
he did have a kennel where he raised and bred pit bulls. So some of those might have been his actual dogs. Right. Yeah, I'm not saying there was any abuse there or anything, but, that, oh, but yeah, I just yeah. thought that was interesting because I yeah. see the kind of falcons all over. I'm like, Michael Vick was such a huge star. And then, you know, that whole scandal occurred. And I'm like, wait a second, Atlanta, this around this time, that all yeah. happened. So it was yeah, very prophetic. Yeah. <laughs> Great point. Yeah, picked up on that. But uh, yeah, overall, really, really solid movie. And it's hard to find. You know, I had a rent on one of the streaming services. Like, I wish this was in, you know, more constant rotation. You guys have anything else to add around this about the film? I should have mentioned, but I actually, I actually know one of the actors that that was in the movie, Marquise Moore, uh, who actually was Mark, played Marcus's cousin Austin. Who got Aunt uh, introduced Aunt to Marcus when I worked in New Brunswick school system? He was one of my former students, a very talented kid. Um, I shouldn't say kid; he's a grown man now. But at the time, he was very talented, and uh, he's he's been in a few movies. I actually was checking him out a few days ago. He wrote a movie, and he's doing a casting for it right now in Atlanta. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. See if I can get get a hold of him and get on one one time to, to talk with us. Yeah, it's always good to see him on film. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, good luck in his future endeavors. He was actually getting beat up outside the car when Ant was getting intimate with the one girl, right? Yeah, that was him. Yeah, yeah he was some cutty. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Wow, wow. That's crazy that you know him, yeah. Marquise Moore, hit us up. <laughs> oh, actually, one other thing. Could it be made today? We, we, uh, what do you guys think? Yeah, they're actually, they've actually been rumoring, they've been swirling around making the, the sequel for years now. What stalled the project was, was Nipsey Hussle getting murdered mm. because right now, you know, with her Lauren London's close, um, personal relationship, you know, with him, they've been waiting. For, I guess they're kind of waiting for her. The articles that I've kind of seen said that we're going to, we want to go through with it, but we want to wait for her to be ready. But there's actually a teaser trailer out for the sequel, and it shows a few of the main characters T.I. Oh, I did see that. Yeah. Yeah. Lauren yeah. London, Evan Ross, I believe, is in it. Jackie mm-hmm. Long. I don't remember which one of the twins is in it, but it's, only, it's one of them. One of the I can't remember. I don't, I'm not sure which one of them is in it. And um, that was, I saw that a few years ago. So yeah, hopefully they'll be ready to do it soon and they can get get on with that. Who knows? They might be filming it now, <laughs> you know, but hopefully we can get a, get a shot at that soon because I really enjoyed this movie and I would like to see, see how it plays out. Yeah. It definitely could be made again. Sure. Oh, easily. Easily. Yeah. yeah high school is always ripe for stories like this. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. So let's ask the question we always ask about the rating. So either bring that funky flick back, bring that funky flick back, or leave it in the vault. Dino right, what do you say first? I say bring this funky flick back. <laughs> Boogie? Oh yeah, bring this funky flick back. Absolutely. Yep, I say bring this funky flick back. Yeah. Really good. 
Oh, another quick shout out. Lynette McKee, who played Priscilla Garnett, John Garnett's wife and Nunu's mother. I absolutely love her. She's she was in one of my favorite all time movies, Sparkle, from way back in the day. And you know, it was good to see her in a much, you know, as a role playing a parent. Considering how hard headed of a daughter she played in that movie, but to see her in a parent <laughs> role was always good. I had to mention that real quick too. <laughs> nice. But now ATL. Solid film. This one, I always think of that song, Welcome to Atlanta, where the players play, with the one with Ludacris and all the yes. other guys, because then they start talking about New York, and I love that song. That wasn't in this one, but they had a song called Georgia in the beginning Georgia? with uh, Ludacris, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And then move, <laughs> move bitch, get out the way. <laughs> I love it. For roller skating, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the, the song at the end. I love that. Uh, what you, you know, know about, about that? that. You know about that. Ooh, that's my that's song. Great right song. Great I love that. Comes up on my Spotify all the time because I, I, I have a playlist like bass boosted hip hop, and like that's uh, a great one with the bass. Yeah, so that one comes yeah. on all the time. I like that one. Ride with me too is a good. Mm-hmm. Is another one I like too. Yeah. But I think one of my favorite songs is when they're skating. I ain't heard of that. Slim Thug. (laughs) When that song came out, I played it so much. (laughs) I love that song. (laughs) I think anything Pharrell Williams. Pharrell on the track, yeah. Yeah. Pharrell on the track. (laughs) There were so many songs in it. That's what that's why I love it. It was like it was like the whole movie was kind of set to music. And it's like you're getting a hip hop concert as well as a solid story and character development. So like that was really Really neat. Yeah, even the the love theme at your best by Aaliyah, the late Aaliyah. I love that song too. That was yeah. you know Rashad and Nunu's song. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good soundtrack. Oh yeah, Goody Mob, Frankie Beverly, Maids, Backwoods, Escape. Yeah, Jeezy. <laughs> Hip Hop Movie Club is produced by your HHMCs, JB, Boogie, and Dino Wright. Theme music by Boogie. Special thanks as always to Susan, Tawanda, and Alice. Check us out on TikTok and Instagram at Hip Hop Movie Club. the next episode of the Hip Hop Movie Club podcast, your HHMCs will review Poetic Justice. Drops in two weeks. Subscribe today in your favorite podcast app and you won't miss it. Shout out to you listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, don't hate, motivate.